Hello, Panther fans. We're coming at you again with another episode of the Hell Podcast. Make sure I got that right since the last time I was tore up, I didn't even get the name of the podcast till about 10 minutes in. Anyway, this is J.R. Robinson, PHS class of 2010, and with me as always is my brother Heath Robinson, PHS class of 1995. And today, we make history on the Hell Podcast. Uh, We are going to have our very first guest. Now, this guy has been one of our best friends and has been around us for a long time. We've coached with him. We've went up to his house. I mean, this guy's been friends since around about the time you were born. Yeah. And I got introduced to him about five years ago. Awesome dude. Uh, Doug Powers, Hall of Famer at uh, Pikeville High School. Um, Known for, uh, he might be known for his basketball career a little bit more than his football career, but either way, he was a stud in both. Uh, Went to college at uh, Marshall University where he got to throw some passes to Randy Moss. Which you'll hear about. Yes, what you're gonna hear about in this interview. And uh, we had an awesome time interviewing this dude. Yeah, Doug, I... Doug was great. Him and his wife, Allison, are, are phenomenal, as always. And, uh, uh, you know, invited us into their beautiful home, and for which we thank them for. And especially, and afterwards, Doug fed a steak. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm stuffed. I'm ready for bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you feed a steak, man. I mean, we, we're, we're going to talk good about it. Yeah, Doug is uh, going to be on the show a lot. We've asked him to be a co-host. He said that uh, you know he he may be able to do that, but Doug's a very busy man. We'll dive into things, uh, you know, going from his past in football uh, to what he does now. You know, we we had a very very good conversation. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. But before we get to that, we always have a portion of the show where we give our shout-outs. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and shout out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you do a shout out real quick. And um, we're actually going to shout out Doug Powers. Yeah. Uh, Doug didn't want to say this on the show. He, he didn't want to come, come off as, 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 you know, trying to plug himself or anything. But for those of you that don't know, Doug filed to run for Pipeville Independent School Board in November. So Doug didn't want to do it, but I'm doing it because it's my show. And eat it doug but so get out there and vote for doug powers for school board on november the third uh nobody loves pipeville high school like doug does he bleeds maroon not just for athletics but especially for academics um and so therefore that automatically makes him qualified i'm not saying anybody else doesn't love pipeville high school i'm just saying i've been friends with doug powers for almost 30 years and and uh Nobody cares about Pipe High School like Doug Powers does, and, and he cares about each and every kid there. So, uh, Not only him, but his wife cares about the city of Pikeville. Absolutely. Yeah, Allison does a great job as a city commissioner. So uh, y'all get out there and uh, get out there if you, if you get a mind to and uh, vote for Doug Powers for school board. Yeah, and uh, there's nobody I could think that would be better at as that as Doug Powers. I mean, just my input on it. and. He's definitely got my vote, so yeah, 100%. Do what Bub says and get out there and vote for Doug Powers, daggone it. Um, another shout-out, of course, to our theme music dude, and he's killing it on making the beats, uh, Dustin Boyd. Uh, we thank you every week on the show, and we're going to continue to thank you every week on this show because uh, you've done a lot to help us out, man. We really appreciate it. Go check him out on YouTube. It's Debo Beats, um, D-B-O-B-E-A-T-S, I think it is. And he's got his own Instagram page. Uh, if you got any questions, just message him uh, on his uh, Facebook page, and he should be able to give you um, some information about it. But he's a really talented dude, and we really appreciate all he's done to help us. So thank you, Dustin. I also uh, want to give a shout out to the Blake and Jessa podcast again because they always shut up, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> they 
they always shout us out in their show. And uh, Blake, uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work. You're doing some good stuff. Uh, your YouTube videos. Nah, Blake's terrible. Good job, Jessa. Mm -hmm. uh, doing a good job on your uh, how-to videos and your trips that you're taking now. I'm sure you all are loving that you get to travel and do this stuff. So uh, thank you very much for shouting us out. And we're going to continue to shout you out throughout these episodes as well. And thank you to the city of Pikeville because, man, this has been a fun ride for these last two months, and we want to continue to keep doing this. Yeah, all Panther Nation, man, has really got behind us, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, we're going to keep trying to come up with good stuff for you guys every week. And then, you know, as I said before, when the season starts, we're going to be – doing a whole lot more in-season stuff, you know, current Panther stuff. But, you know, when it's the off-season, you know, we, we like to delve into some stuff. And we finally got our first guest. We was able to get out. And we're going to get to a lot of you other guys who've asked to be on the show. And, and we definitely would love to have you. Uh, we're just going to have to kind of figure out all that. And and, uh, and hopefully we can do it. But... Um, Anyway, I think you guys are going to like this interview. You know, Doug gets into a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff, and I really think it was a good interview. And we finally got a guest, so that's good. And so, without further ado, uh, well, first and foremost, you can uh, if you like what you hear, you can get to me at uh, at Heath Smash Heath underscore Smash on Twitter. Uh, like the Hell Podcast page on Facebook. Uh, JR, what's your stuff? Uh, JR Robinson on Facebook, uh, Old Junior3443 on Instagram, and um, and that's pretty much all I got. I'm not that technical tech savvy. tech savvy as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, uh, hit me up on there if you got any questions. And uh, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and get into the interview. So, so uh, without further ado, number seven in your programs, but number one in your hearts, as always, Doug Powers. Enjoy. Hail Pikeville. Hello, Panther fans. Today, we are doing something that we've promised you for weeks that we were going to do. Uh, we're finally going to have our very first guest on our show. Now, this guy is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we coached with him um, back in 2015, and we also coached with him last year in the Pikeville Little League system. Um, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Uh, this guy throws passes to Randy Moss. This guy has ran the Hillard Howard system. This guy has done a lot in his life. And today we're gonna to talk a little bit about everything from favorite teammates to favorite moments to what he does now. We're gonna get into all that stuff, but without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, Douglas Powers. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> First guest. Yes. First yeah, guest. Man. Yeah. yeah. You feel honored? I do. I do. <laughs> you, uh, JR says guest. I say unofficial third co host. Yeah. Okay. You are invited on the show anytime you want to be on. Yeah. The show. Anytime, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you want to come do it with us every week, absolutely. We're all man. good with that. I, I, yeah. Doug actually kind of uh, beat somebody hearing his voice all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants to listen to you all the time. It'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. You know what? I'm just going to leave. All right. Bye, JR. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> no, Doug, uh, thank you for having us at your home, your beautiful home, uh, you and your lovely wife, Allison, uh, you know, city count, uh, commissioner, Allison Powers, and... Um, we uh, thank you guys for letting us be here, man. Yeah, no, it's our pleasure. I, you know, I, I feel like it's a good time to do it. It's better than doing it in JR's car. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss my truck. <laughs> hey, listen, don't knock the Ronnie Ford Express. No, okay? no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> Actually, we call it, what, what is my Jeep, the yeah. J.I. Jeep one? Yeah, J.I. Jeep one. Is, uh, uh, like I said, if anybody's got a better name for it, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, So, but uh, Doug... You know, we're going to go ahead and get started here. 
Doug, you've been... Well, first of all, we need to give like a backstory here. Yeah, okay? yeah, 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 yeah. Doug's yeah. mother, who is probably, I don't, I'm not even going to say probably, is the most famous member of the family, the most legendary member oh, of the sure. family, yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as Pikeville High School athletics are concerned. And that's saying something, and while, you know, considering who your stepdad is and what yeah. you did. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you start out from there with Lisa Wheeler and, and all the things that she did for our cheerleading program. You know, she has built national champions from the ground up uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, throughout the years. So, uh, just kind of start from where your pipe foot your experience with this pipe football program started. Yeah. And then I'm just going to let you go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's really interesting because that's the reason why I kind of fell in love with pipe football. We moved here from Louisiana, to be honest with you. My, my family's from Ashland and the Russell area. And, uh, you know, uh, my stepdad, Mark Wheeler, awesome guy. You know, he coached on the 87, 88, 89 teams that won the state title. And, you know, uh, we lived in Louisiana. He was in the Corps of Engineers. And uh, we came back to Pikeville to get closer to Ashland. But uh, luckily, uh, you know, I, uh, Mom knew such a nice lady, uh, Jeanette Elder. And I think she's in the Hall of Fame, too. She's one of the, like, yes. first cheerleading sponsors that really had – a, a real impact on cheerleading in Pikeville. So we came here, and she I remember Mom saying that she asked, she said, you got to come to Pikeville. You know, if you're going to be in Eastern Kentucky, you got to be in Pikeville. You know, we got the best schools, we got the best sports, things of that nature. So, you know, that that's how we kind of ended up here. Um, but really, when Mom started being the cheerleading sponsor for the junior varsity squads, and Miss Stone was the varsity but I was around Pikeville Athletics my whole life. And, uh, you know, I saw some of the greatest players, you know, Coach Mack, Steve Bailey, these guys that we look at now as, like, legends. You know, I watched them kind of grow up and become who they are, and that's a roadmap, really, when you get to grow up with it. You know, and I think that's a blessing for players now, like Isaac McNamee, you know, you get to grow up with it and, and, and see how that, you know, how to achieve what you need to do. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's something that I was blessed with. Um, that's certainly a a blessing, but um, and not step on you here, but yeah. that's kind of uh, that's kind of what's in the sauce a little bit as far as what makes this place great. Yeah, it what's is. made this and, program great. Well, where it's a small town and a small school, you you know you have a lot of people, whether they're teachers or people in the community or coaches that can look after you. And we have, I, I believe in my heart that. One of the things that has made our school great in the last 20 years is we didn't fall into consolidation. You know, we have an amazing school and people that just make it happen. Yeah, and it's amazing. You I mean, touched yeah. on a good point there, Doug, because you've we've seen how many schools consolidate just in this area, and yeah. they lose their identity. They you do. You know, entire communities lose their identity yeah. because of consolidation. I'm not saying consolidation is not needed or a bad thing, but it's just that's one of the unfortunate byproducts of it and fortunately for us we've never had to go through that yeah and, and the, the thing that bothers me the most is is it's not so much that you know a sports team loses their identity you know like Elkhorn used to be I mean that, that was a place that was they were amazingly school spirited yeah and you know Virgin, uh, uh, yeah Virginia. yeah exactly yeah. but the thing that kills me is some kids slip through the cracks yeah mm-hmm. that's what bothers me you know when you go from having a hundred kids in a class to 500 kids, you, you, you're going to lose some attention there, yeah. uh, even if you do it perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, Doug, uh, let me ask you this. What year did you start at Pikeville uh, playing football? What, what was your first year? My first year was in fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah, back then we didn't play in second and third. And honestly, I, I think we may have had a better formula back then. I think fourth grade is kind of a magic number. But, uh, you know, I love kids. You know, if you're getting them out of the house, we also didn't have the technology we have today. Right. So if you're getting kids out, running, learning fundamentals, I'm all for it. But uh, when you put pads on, and, 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 you know, it's tough for second graders and third graders sometimes. Not everybody, but, um, you know, that's something. So about fourth grade is when I really started playing football. Uh, Do you know who who was your coach 
Uh, do you remember who your yeah, coach was? Mark Wheeler. Mark Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mark Wheeler. J.P. Blair was my quarterback. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so a you, running back, believe it or not. You were That's running back in, in, uh, yeah. in your elementary school. Yeah, days. yeah. Did not know that. Uh, yeah. So I gotta ask you this. I, I just can't see Coach Wheeler coaching skill players. <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't so much coaching as just say run where they block. Yeah, you know, follow uh, our blockers. Um, did you enjoy your time at running back? Was that I did? I did up until the point where I really started to get taller, and the, this guy that was about three or four years ahead of me, Stephen Kreitzer. He played linebacker. He was tall himself, but I ran through a hole and just got demolished. And from that point on, I was a big fan of being a quarterback. <laughs> so when did you know that you could be a quarterback, though? Like, what do you know? Does that when I got the snot knocked out of my nose, I knew I could be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the first pass you threw? Uh, no, no. We were more of a triple option squad in Little League, yeah. as most – you know, not every Little League team has, like, Isaac McNamee as their quarterback. We couldn't go from the gun and spread the field out. But, well, you got to remember, know. too, this was Pikeville in the 80s. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hill Howard thought, thought, yeah. A, thought a pass play was a trick play. Well, yeah. you know, you bring that point up, and it's very important. And and this is something that I've tried to incorporate when we coach together, is, you know, you, you are doing your kids a disservice. We uh, Mark Wheeler did a great job, and the reason he did is because in Little League, I ran the same plays as I did my senior year of high school. Amen, brother. The base plays. And so now I see these kids, and even though they struggle, they might very – we struggled this year. But you know what? When kids get a base sense of an offense, you know what? They can always get better. But you have to give them an understanding of what they're going to see two, three, four, five years down the road. So that when Coach Mack sees them, they can be like, oh, yeah, you know, Coach Power said this. You know, mm-hmm. they, they will remember it. They do. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, that's another part of the secret sauce there of building a, a successful program. Well, yeah. another point, you remember when we were coaching, and I don't mean to go off topic here, in 2015, we were trying to figure out what offense we were going to run, and nothing was seeming to work. And then we, then Doug said, why don't we run the spread? These kids see the spread. Actually, it was the kids that came to Doug. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. run the spread yeah. like the high school run. Yeah. I, I'm really not joking. We Matt Branham does an amazing job at the junior high level, mm-hmm. and I think it's very critical that they do learn the in, interior blocking and how to run the ball, and that's what he's doing, yeah. really. Yeah. And, and that's important. But th- it, that was more of a personnel call yeah. because I remember looking at these kids, these fifth and sixth graders, and I tried to install the wishbone and the things we know very well. And they looked at me like I was an alien. I mean, just like, what are you doing? Well, I've never done this. I've never even seen our high school team do this. You know, so for them, it was a lot of fun. We had fun with it. And most important, it fit our team. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask kids to do something that they can't do. And yeah. th- these guys could do it, though, you yeah. know, even in fifth and sixth grade. Well, when you've got uh, <laughs> a kid that's doing it right now like he's doing it, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you've got it when you realize you've got a prodigy on your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and that was a that was a big part of it. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm also not going to let a kid get hit 500 times a game either. But, you know, when you're bigger, faster, stronger, and you can throw the ball, you know, that's an important thing to keep in mind. And you have – you know, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. If you can't block for him and you don't have players that can catch it and you can't defend, you're not going to be successful. Um, all right, moving on to kind of like your uh, playing days here, Doug. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Was your first year, did you get to go to uh, – no, it wasn't your first year, was it? No. Um, sorry. Uh, I thought that you may have been on the, that team that went down to uh, state. Gen- the junior high no. team is one of the best junior high teams that ever played down here. Oh really? Yeah. One that Doug started quarterback on. That so, was a solid team. I mean, Dicky Vanos. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was ninety one, ninety two. I was a freshman in ninety four. Yeah. So it was ninety two, ninety three. You freshman ninety three. You were two years. Yeah, yeah, ninety three. Yeah. Well, it's like ninety three. I get basketball yeah. and football. The years are weird. Yeah. But um, that that junior high team was we we beat Corbin. Had I mean a lot of good teams and Dicky Vanos did an amazing job. I mean he he was one of those guys that. You know what? He didn't have a lot of X's and O's. You know that wasn't his strong point. I'm not saying he was bad at it. It's just he was he could motivate anyone to do anything. And uh, you know we had a an amazing team: Brent Coleman, Eddie Dramas. These guys, these guys 
you know, Brent and Eddie played as freshmen at the varsity level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in eighth grade, I promise you, they were just as good. I mean, really. It, not much changed besides knowledge. Well, around about that time, when you were a freshman, okay, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this story. I came to Pikeville. I was a junior. We were walking out of practice, walking out to practice my first day there. I'm standing with somebody. I can't remember who it is. And I'm talking to him, and I see this kid warming up, okay, throwing the football. And he's flicking it 50 yards like it's, <laughs> like it's nothing. I was like, my God, who is that? He's like, that's Doug Powers. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So he's going to be a good one. I was like, really? I was like, man, I, yeah, I can see. He's like, yeah. And think about that. And this this moment right here is when it woke me up just exactly how far in the deep end of the pool I got and didn't realize it. He's like, yeah, he don't even start yet. You know? Yeah, so <laughs> he's just a freshman. Yeah. My jaw hit the floor. I said, my goodness, man, they just they, they feed these kids different down here or something. I don't know what it is. I mean, if you would have been at Shelby Valley where I was at before I came to Pikeville, you know, you probably would have been starting quarterback in eighth grade, and you probably would have, wouldn't have been able to walk by the time you were senior. But still, and that that automatically, you know, you never forget first impressions of people. And I never will forget that as long as I live. So no, I just wanted to share yeah, that. No, no. I've, yeah, I've, I've actually never heard that. But <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've never it, told you. But it yeah. takes more. And, and, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me, and, and, you know, here's the thing. And At the time, the system we played in was a triple option system. And I'm a six-foot-five basketball player that, sort of, that really loved football, you know. And so the best thing that happened to me is have guys like Shane Van Hoos you know, Shane, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Shane is one of one of those players that should get more credit yeah, than he's ever been given. Yeah. That, that guy ran the triple option to perfection. And uh, I learned a lot from him and Jonathan Pruitt, another yeah, Pruitt great was quarterback. A, Pruitt, you know? Pruitt was in my grade. He was he was our, my quarterback my senior year he started. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, Pruitt brought a lot, lot to the table. I mean, he's not he wouldn't blow you away with his ability or his no. stats or anything. He made no mistakes, though. He just – his mind, man. Yeah. His, he was like Rambo. His he, mind was his greatest weapon. He was a very cognitive player, and he, he could read defenses, and he, he didn't make mistakes for sure. And I learned a lot from those two. And that's one of the things that I think is the most important part of development at Pikeville is I know we're a bunch of competitive guys, especially at that age. And, you know, you can hate that you're sitting on the bench. But I promise you this, you learn a lot. And, and when you look back on it like I do today, that's what makes our players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It really does. And, and coaching, development, you know, now strength training. Yeah. But uh, just going to ask you this, Doug, uh, or I was going to tell you this story. I hadn't even met you or anything yet, but I did get to pop on a tape of when he played, when uh, he was a senior. And I see this six foot five tight end. You play tight end your sophomore yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I, did you? I don't think you were starting. I think that, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like towards the end, and there's this six foot five Sarah tight end. Was asking me, he's like, who's y'all's tight end, man? He's like yeah. NFL size. I'm yeah, like, I was like, that's Doug Powers. He's yeah. a good tight end he, for a quarterback. You know, actually, it was funny because I got so mad. I got mad at Coach Howard. Listen, if it wasn't for Coach Howard, I might not have continued to play football. To be honest with you, that's just being honest. He, uh, you know, I didn't play the first two or three games, and I just had an on. I was like, Coach, I, I really want to contribute. I really want to play. And he goes, You stand too far back. You know, and Coach Howard was one of those guys. If you stood close to him, you, he would use you to run plays in. And if you were really annoying, and you're like, Throw me a pass. Come on, 56 star back. You know, he, he, would, he, would, he would let you. And uh, he would do that. And uh, so about the third game of the year, he started playing me at tight end, and honestly, it was kind of a genius move because I learned how defenses functioned with receivers and tight ends especially. And when you run the triple option, the tight end is very important. You know, you you run drag patterns. You, you're really a key receiver. You know, nowadays you look at those wide outs, but in, a, in the triple option, you know, interior run game, if you have a tight end that's good, you – that's the most. That's one. Of the, when it comes to a passing game, you have to have a tight end that can play. So I, I remember seeing you doing that. You know, at I forgot how old I was. I was probably a freshman in high school when you showed me the tape. And then you was like, "Yeah, uh, he played quarterback the very next year." 
He yeah. was our quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, that dude's probably got a cannon. Look how big he is. And it turns out you did. So <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, that, that was kind of the guys you all were playing with back in the day. And you got Eddie Duramus out here looking, you know, like Jerome Bettis before Jerome Bettis was even thought of back then. And you got Doug Powers, and then you got this kid named Brent Coleman running the ball. I was like, God, you all were stacked. Absolutely stuck. Yeah, we did. And you know, a lot of times that Brent, Eddie, myself, Chris Strait, <clears throat> Chris Strait was a, what, listen, one of, with, one of our without, top five all time underrated players without, we had in the previous episode. Yeah, without a solid fullback, you would not know Brent Coleman. Either. You know, they'd have been good, but they wouldn't have the numbers they do. When you run the offense we did, you have to have a fullback and guards that are extraordinary. Really, yeah. And uh, Chris Strait comes to mind as one of those guys that was underrated, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, Chris just liked to hit. <clears throat> so yeah. I got a question here, and I know how he took it. And this is going to be a hard question to ask, but I got to ask you: What was going through your head when Brent fumbled? Oh my God! Why do we have you know? No, I mean you know. <laughs> I finally after okay. Can I I'm get a, a new co-host, please? Yeah, that, <laughs> you would be the one that answered that asked me that. Right? Years of therapy, I'd forgotten about it. Okay, I can go a week now without crying in the middle of the night or waking up screaming. Listen, it's Give it to John Hatfield. It's I don't bad. have to do that anymore. But now it's your fault. <laughs> but here's the thing, uh, you know, after watching the 2015. Pikeville Beachwood game in the state championship. I got through that PTSD <laughs> after we stomped it down there. Yeah, throat. there was a, there was a lot of dangerous <clears throat> exercise. It was, it was. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Allison goes, I've never seen you scream like a little girl at a TV before, and it was, <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. But uh, you know that game. You know what? I, I would have done the same. I, you've got a guy that brought you there. Yeah, you, you couldn't know, really go wrong I, on anybody. It just, you know what? Stuff happens. And, you know, I watched that play over and over. And I was with Brent after that game. And then went to college with Brent. And, uh, you know, a guy actually landed an amazing block. You know, And I don't know if you guys set that game up. Mm-hmm. But basically we were down. I haven't watched that game. On we were down I four, I think. And Eddie broke a huge run against Beachwood in the state semifinals. And uh, like 80 yards. Took it down to the three. Yeah. And there's like a minute 10 left. And basically everyone in the stands is making plans to go to the state title. And yeah. back then, the state championship was won or lost in Pikeville or Beachwood. Whoever, I'm, sta- I'm standing yeah. over there because I'm not playing uh, offense. I play defense. We just held them to a big goal line yeah. stand. Yeah. And that set up that big run by. Yeah, inside the 20. Yeah, inside yeah. the 10. Yeah. And they missed a field goal on fourth down. But anyway, uh, yeah, me and I think it was – me and Corey Jones and maybe even you if you weren't out playing. Some of us were sitting there trying to figure out who we were going to be rooming with down there at the yeah. executive West, yeah. man. And, you know, then all of a sudden we hear, ball, you know. And we looked and Beachwood recovered it. So yeah. the, the, the really bad part is our guard had landed an amazing block and knocked a guy down. Yeah. And as he was getting up, Brent was cutting through the hole, yeah. walking into the end zone. When I say he had a hold run, I mean it was four yards. Yeah, it was it was it was a guaranteed. And honestly, Brent never fumbled. He was not one of those guys that. And everybody, you know, every every team maybe has a guy that fumbles a lot. He wasn't that guy. And you know, you're talking about a guy who ran a lot, like Barry Sanders. He's very lateral oriented. Um, more, not a lot of breakaway speed. More but, quick than fast. Yeah, he's more yeah. quick than fast. But a car, a, a guy on defense on the defensive line was getting up. And as Brent passed him, he punched up, which running backs never expect that. They are guarding from the top down, yeah. not the bottom from the bottom down or bottom up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just was a freak play, and uh, yeah, that took a few years to get over. Oh, and I'm not a few decades. Yeah. You know what? I want to say this: like, I envy you guys for even having that type of moment because you all were that close. I never got that close, so I mean. Even like the hardships and everything you all went through, I like to hear about that stuff because I never got to experience that. So I wanted to, you know, because I've heard it. I've heard it from him for years. 
about how hard it was. I mean, there were, I think you said for like a week, you didn't even want to get out of the bed or. It was bad. Yeah. Like, it was bad. And I actually had to get Brent up and take him to school most days. Like yeah. it was, he had, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but you know, expectations in this town. You know, I was telling, uh, Shane Hensley's wife, you know, yeah, so, you know, and I saw Jackson graduate, and you know that's a kid that had a lot of expectations on him, and uh, you know it just kind of reminded me a little of Brent, and he but you know when her. yeah, and he flirt, you know what, and here's the lesson, is under under stress and pressure, some people break, and some people break records, and you know that really helped that kid, and it really helped Brent. That was just a freak play, but I mean, you know, Brent took it like a champ i mean he, you know he, he didn't resonate on it and he know he's the all-time leading rusher in Pablo history and i i can't wait to see the guy that breaks that record because you you got a job ahead of you mm-hmm. for sure um so I, I think he's getting ready to go into his sophomore year right now. you know that's He'll big words close. that's close. them big words oh i know it is man yeah. them big words but, you know, I, I know it is, but, you know, it's... It could be. Well, I hope also, so. Carson Wright has got the yeah. totals. That's he, all he is. He's, you got, know, he's got all he's the got totals. It. And, and I'll tell you and this. And he's got the line in front of him. He does. And, he's and, got big Coke machines he's going to have yeah. next year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We have a lot of... The cool thing about now is we went 14-0 right, last year, won a state title. Now, I, I do think Class A is... Uh, not like it was 20 years ago. I think right. we can agree on that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have Pineville teams and these guys, you know, uh, uh, the, the, some of these teams. That was, was yeah. Well, yeah. I was, I I was mean, talking to Trey you know, and, and me and him was kind of talking about the differences between his team, the 87 Panthers, you know, the, the Beatles is who we refer to them on our podcast because they were bigger than the Beatles, man, mm-hmm. around here. But anyway – their regular season wasn't as tough, but the playoffs were tougher yeah. for them. Yeah. Us, our regular season was tougher, but the playoffs were a little easier. Well, there's a reason for that. Right. And right. I think I think one of the things we do great, and I love Coach Mack's awesome at this, is, you know, when I watched us play Paintsville, we showed them nothing yeah. in the regular season. Really? I, and, and you know what? I, you know what? I don't care if we lose two or three games. Really, I mean, I don't want to lose. Yeah. But you know what? What's the ultimate goal? To win a championship. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? When these teams, it's just like uh, two years ago when John Collin, we pulled him in at running back, and he just dominated race on the second half, and really stopped to come back. I mean, it, and it was kind of dead in a strike. Yeah, it yeah. was strategy, and and yeah, I wish we'd have saved that for the next game, but still, it doesn't matter. You know, you you win an event, you survive an advance. Yes. And uh, you know, it's just I love the way we do that, and uh, I think that that's another thing is is how we've changed things. Is Coach Mack has seen that. It's funny because I've always said this is, okay, what does Pikeville always have? You always have skill players. You're always going to have wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs. There's no question. Most ninety nine percent of the time, every year, you know, when we have lines, we really dominate. You know, you're talking about those 80s teams. 2015 was a great line. But, you know, now we're at the point where we can balance that out a little bit and we don't have to depend, you know, on that triple option where you have to have a line. We get our most athletic players out on islands alone. And that's a, you know, that's well, it's just all part of the evolution of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, just yeah. Down here, it, that's true. Everywhere. Yeah, it's true. But it fits here even better than most places. Because yeah. it's not like he's just fitting his team, he picked a system. That fit our town, yeah. our community, right. our kids. You know, that's and, the cool thing. And, you know, you and I have discussed this. Me and Jay, you and me and Jay, all three have because, we, you know, we're coaches at the at the Little League level. Yeah. But yeah. nine times out of ten, you don't pick the system to run. No, the system to run picks you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, so moving on to your uh, back to your playing days here. So mm-hmm. after that happened, your sophomore year, yeah. now you're, you're the guy. You're the yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. junior year. Talk a little bit about that year and how it went down, uh, if you can. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just what you remember of that year? We were number one preseason. We were number one every single week. We were the number one team in Class A without a doubt. Um, 
really, it was a, it was an amazing. That was an amazing team. We had a great line and running the triple option, and then really, you know, we started spreading it out a little bit. That that's when we started throwing a little more, and uh, I felt more confident, and I think coach saw that, and it just, you know, it worked out a little better. But uh, you know, we were undefeated going into Belfry. Yeah. Really, and then we played Belfry at the old Belfry Field. At Death Valley. Yeah. So, we go into that game, and they're ranked high. We're ranked high. It hadn't rained in three or four days. And there's six inches of water on the field. Yeah, uh, that's that's that. Let me tell you something. Vipperman Stadium is a scientific anomaly. It is. Okay. It's the highest crown in the history of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crown but is so high. Rain. The crown is so high you can stand on the sidelines and not see anything but the roof of the complex across from Okay. Now, it, 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 scientists should come and study Vipperman Stadium yeah. because in the middle of a drought in July, okay, 117 degrees every day, and it hadn't rained in, in a month, okay? Yeah. You can go over to Vipperman Stadium, and it looks like a swampland over there. It was bad. It, it I, was, I wonder yeah. if that has anything to do with the Belfort Fire Department. Business. I've heard a lot of things to that nature. i got to ask this question. Is this the infamous uh, pass interference? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, which yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. Which no. pass interference? Like this the is the one. Or the eighth one. Yeah. Can we go into that a little bit? Because I'm, yeah. I'm still like curious. I played free about safety during every one of those pass uh-huh. interference. It was bad. And I've, I've got a story about the last one, but uh, the last pass interference. But go ahead. Is this but, the one where they called three or four in a yeah, row? Yeah, yeah. They had to basically go like 60 yards in 10 seconds. And and, and honestly, it, that, that game, you know, they wrote about the News Express. It, it was just a shame that happened the way it Haywood did. even talks about it in his yeah, book. I, and, you know, I talked to Coach Haywood after that. I mean, like a year ago yeah. in the hospital. He was doing a speech, uh, you know, about team, team you know, teammates yeah. and, and motivational stuff. And uh, I'll tell you, it was just a bad situation. I don't know what happened. But um, it was a game where, I mean, you're talking about two high – Everyone was – it was a huge game. That place was the loudest – that's the loudest stadium I've ever played it in. It was wild. I was we, there that We night. had to change our audibles. Um, Belfry was bad to pinch defensive linemen. And when you run the triple option, you know, that screws everything up because you're taking away one of your options. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you audible to the outside. And we would always do that. But we would uh, we would do it by voice, and you couldn't hear anything. So we had to change, like, hand signals. And, and with anything we did, and and the worst part is we had two or three touchdowns called back mm-hmm. in that game. Plus at the end, and it was a muddy mess. Well, like, to it, set the stage, the year before my senior year, we played down here in the famous side game where yeah, I, you know, yeah. and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and we beat them two or three touchdowns down here at Pike. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You come back over there to Belfry. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you can expect that. But back then, here's the interesting thing. Back then, it would go back and forth like. Yeah, if Pavel had it at Pavel, Pavel would win. If Belfry had it, Belfry, Belfry would win. It was an amazing up until in. like ninety nine or two thousand yeah. or something like that. That I mean, it was the series and, was. Dead and there's deep. a lot of I think reasons for that, but um, you know we're not going to get negative and all that stuff. But you know I think I think right now that you know it's such a healthy. A, a lot of those guys I know now are in the in the system and are coaching now, and uh, I, I love that rivalry and a lot of people from Pikeville hate it and they're like why even play that game but you know what when you're a kid on that team you want to know how good you are and like even if you lose to them it makes you better and this year look what happened I mean that was well I've had people approach me about asking me about that do you think we should play the game do you think we should not back in the you know, 10, 12 years ago when they was killing a 50 to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they're not saying it now, but uh, not as much. But anyway, we, you know, they would ask me that, and I was like, listen, if this series ends, which I don't want it to, mm. but if it does, I want Belford to end it. Because I'm not yeah. punking out to them no, like, like Paintsville no. punked and out to Johnson Center. Throw this in there, okay? too. I'm sorry, uh, but I'm not. When Coach Mack was giving his speech, or you know, they were they no, they had that top media, Mountain Top Media interview with him at for all the state championship teams. He said that we always pretty much base how good we are every single year how we compete with Belfry. Yeah, yeah it's a yardstick. It yeah. really is. I mean, now it is. Back then, it was more head to head. You know, it's pounded, yeah. but yeah. It, it is, and it, it's a good game for us now. I mean, this year we played the first six games we played were brutal. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it helped our team. I, I, I was exce- I was willing to accept a two-loss state title this year. I mean, I knew we could win it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every- look, here's the thing. Steel doesn't get hard until you pound on it with a hammer. And, you know, I think that Belfort game pounds on our players, and I think it helps us more than it hurts us. And I know you have to avoid some injuries, and that's going to happen. But, you know, that that's football. Yeah. Well, this is something I've said, too, over the years, and it's not so much now, but it was, you know, and it wasn't so much back when we played. It was kind of in between yeah. these those areas. Um, but Pikeville people that were involved with football, or the, the fans necessarily, were involved with a lot of style points. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If we couldn't be undefeated state champions, number one ranked team in the state, it's all classes, yeah. then the season sucks and yeah. we're terrible and we should yeah. just quit. You know, I, and I, I've told them how many times, you know, I mean, and what got me thinking about it was like Louisville Central. They go five and five every year because they play St. X and Trinity and yeah. get killed. And they can win a state title. And then they would win yeah. their district yeah. and then they'd go on and kill everybody yeah. in the state title because yeah. they learn from it. Yeah. So, you know, not every team can be 87. Yeah. You know, so, but you said, can still be a state championship team. You can be yeah. 89, you know, yeah. or 2015. I've always said that Pikeville Belfry is um, our version of St. X and Trinity. Well, yeah. That's the way I look it's, at it. So if you cancel that game, yeah. then. It's a top three rivalry in the state of Kentucky, in my opinion. Yeah. It really is. I mean, is. you just can't. And I'll die on that hill. I'll I try, mean, tell me another one. You better. look at the numbers, and absolutely you're right. Um, you know, it's one that people outside of Eastern Kentucky pay attention to. Okay, so that that's and that that's something that shouldn't be ended. And I, I don't care if they beat us a hundred to nothing every year. Well, and this year, you know, you know, it brought us a lot of kudos because you know you have your Class A state title winner beating the three A state title winner, and really, and you know what? That, I, yeah, who cares? Exactly right. I, I guarantee you, in Belfry, they're like, I don't really care. We won the state championship. That's the end goal. And you know what? It made them better. It made us better. Yeah, Belfry went on won the three A state championship, and I was rooting yeah. for them the whole time. Me too. But it just made Me us too. look better because yeah. we beat them at third place. And now I it, loved it. And even after that fact, I mean, you look at all those back in like 2013 when everybody was playing those alumni games. Yeah. Name the best alumni game that they actually had. It was Pikeville and Belfry. Yeah. That game yeah. was as good a game, good a football game as I've ever been to, seen, anything. And those guys were 35 and 40 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and going out there, hadn't played football in years. I blew my knee out trying to get ready for that game. <laughs> <laughs> he tore his ACL getting ready for the alumni game. I did, man. I did. I did. I need to, I need to mental help. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that game is I, – I mean, I even heard Coach Howard went to the KHSAA going back to the, the – and, and complained. Yes. I've heard that. that I've never yeah, asked hey, him. Him but, and my first cousin, Bo Keane, was the one that went there. Yeah, I, I've never asked Bo's him about it. Jerry's. They but, went to Louisville the next, or Lexington the next morning and dropped yeah. that tape off. I know it bothered Coach, but I, I'll tell you what. He's one of those guys that was more like, you know, if it didn't kill you, it makes you stronger. But it was a it was a shame. It was blatant. It was a shame. what it was. It's I was standing was. there. But the story I was going to tell, the last one, was really about the only one that was truly pass interference. Because yeah. Brent was playing safety. Yeah. No, Brent, I was playing for safety. Brent was playing corner. Oh, he was? Well, yeah, they, yeah. they was throwing the ball to a kid, and Brent yeah. comes and just nails him. nails him probably a good two yeah. seconds before oh, the ball. Oh, yeah. No, I would say a good five seconds. <laughs> he was mid-route, and he just kills him. And he goes, and I, I Josh Baroni. Look how he lit. Hold on. The, I the first, like, two or three – the first one was on Josh Brony, and this kid, I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite pop players. Yeah, Brony. I will get to as that. As a corner block, Brony was about to He He had picks. This guy was good, right? And he didn't touch the guy. I mean, he even looked at me, and his eyes looked like saucers. He was like, that was not pass interference. And, and listen, that's a guy to this day I would trust with my life. Yeah. Okay? And then, you know, they call another one another. And then finally on the last one, Brent just destroys this guy. I mean, he takes his head off. And I go, dude, what are you doing? He goes, they're going to call it anyway. <laughs> I was like, that's what he told me. What? He's like, man, they're going to call it anyway. I, like, I might good, as well make it good. Good point. Let's bring it down to the goal line now. You know, they're half the distance to the goal at this point. Yeah. You know, it's just like, God. So, a team that hadn't run three consecutive pass plays in 50 years of existence at that I, time runs three consecutive pass plays. They ran, yeah, three consecutive pass yeah. plays. 
And you know, this year, what beat them? They, they got nervous and threw a pass. Bad mistake. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you don't throw the ball. But, uh, yeah, back then they would throw the flag. They'd throw the laundry a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it was a it was a shame. I, I don't like games coming down to that. And, you know, a lot of those guys I call friends now. And uh, I tease them to this day. But it was it was really bad. But, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm glad we're at where we're at now. I think both teams make each other better. You know, it's not really a hated rivalry. Our hated rivals are Paintsville. Yeah. You know, because we can knock, we can end each other's seasons. You know. Yeah. And so that kind of makes it a little bit more personal with Paintsville. Belfry's one week. Yeah. Paintsville, Raceland, those guys are the whole year. Yeah, they're all uh, here. You made them in the playoffs, yeah, and there goes your season. Yeah. Raceland's yeah. ended our season. Paintsville has the most memorable uh, ending to our season of all time that I can remember in 2014. Yeah, yeah was terrible. We were undefeated, yeah. and they go in there and yeah, that, 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 that Yeah, that could have been a but, – but, well, you know, some people could say that could have been a back-to-back state title. What I say is that's what won us the title in 2015. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah know, those kids were absolutely – You know, when you get beat that way, it, it comes back hard on you the next year. Yeah. You know, it motivates you. And, you know, that's, a, that's important in football. A lot of these guys, you know, <clears throat> you're going to have God-gifted talent. But 80% of the people that are on these high school teams, motivation's the, what wins games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so going back to your season, you all put that Belfry game behind you. You go back to, uh, I think, you finished in the semifinals again, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, all four years I played in high school, we lost to Beachwood in the state semifinals. So that's when I was saying I had a little PTSD with Beachwood, you know, oh. and a lot of times I really truly believe my junior we were better than them, but I, I think that our personnel, I think our mindsets could have been better. My senior year, I know we were better. Yeah, and yeah. you know, on paper, I mean, we didn't win, but yeah. still, I, I do, I, I do, I think we we're better. We just, you know, we went up there. It just, it was a tough game. You know? At that point, though, it got, that was when about the point when it started getting to where Beachwood is the big boogaloo, you know, the boogeyman. Yeah, it is. You, you know, start thinking you're cursed. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, that that's kind of when you start thinking, you know, man, are we ever going to beat these guys? Yeah, yeah. So that's what made 2015 a lot sweeter is when we went it down did. there yeah. and kicked our butts for them at state. You know, I was staying in there with uh, Chip Templeman, who was a senior with me, and I've told this story on here before. But you know, when that clock went zero, when it was over, right. I, I said, man. After there was an entire generation yeah. of Pipeville football players that had never beat Beachwood. I'm just glad that we beat them before they went to 2A. Which I honestly, I think the way it's playing out, we're going to be in 2A in a few years. You know, I think we're going to play for a while in Class A. But the way Class A is looking, I, I really do. I think 10 years from now, 20 years from now, possible. I think we're going to find. And I just think that's the way the cards are going to fall. But I think right now we have an excellent opportunity to control our fate in Class A, which is a good place to be, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I know that game was amazing. I, I, I almost cried right here watching it. I've never been more proud of a Pipeville team. That just And the way they did it was the best part. They they didn't do anything fancy. They really did. They just beat it down they their throat. They showed up and played hell yeah, of they football, they man, did. and ran they it did. down their throat. Yeah, we, even, they did. we went under center towards the yeah, end of that game. Yeah. We just started handing it off, and that's when we beat them. We had yeah. a fullback break a, you know, what, a 60-some yard run for a touchdown. It was an awesome game to I watch. call it the ultimate checkmate move well, it was Mac went under center. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, broke, mean, you broke their morale is what yeah. you broke their you will. broke their will. Okay, man. so I got a question for both of you guys. What made Beachwood Beachwood? They were well coached. Yeager. Yeager was good. So Yeager Monster. So it wasn't uh did they they didn't have like a lot of studs. They weren't whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Now the some one of the best running backs I ever watched was Brandon Berger. Now he was a little older than me, but like that ninety I think ninety one, ninety two, ninety three somewhere. Yeah. Man, he was an amazing Marvelous football player. He that guy was a great football player. But and then they had Craig Hergott when Gregor, yeah. yeah, he was a migrant. Yeah, yeah, and and he played at UK in Cincinnati. He was a quarterback, he's and he was very smart. Yeah, he he's actually at Beachwood now. Yeah, and uh, you know they had good players. It's not that, but they were well coached. They were well conditioned. They were they had us. You know, here's another difference. When we played, we didn't have the strength program that we have now. Yeah, I think Coach Mack does an excellent job 
well, our coaching staff at our strength program, these guys, and they love it. You know, I got a kid that's going to be a junior, and, and we all got kids playing. Yeah. But they love getting in that weight room, yeah, and he's, up, he's made it yeah. to where it's an incentive, yeah. and that's awesome because, you know, for me, I, I didn't lift weights in high school. Yeah, you know, I didn't, and uh, our lineman did. You know, you know, Eddie would go in there and bench three hundred pounds and never even lift four, weights. It was four. stupid. I mean, Eddie would show up and yeah. come over with us linemen. He'd be like, "Put four hundred on there." <laughs> He'd put four hundred on there, throw it up a couple times. All right, it, I'll see y'all. It later. was really bad because that's one of the players that you know. When I see natural talent, the two players that I've ever seen that were just God given natural talent was yeah, Eddie Dramus and Randy Moss. It was just those are the two guys that I could look at and go, they shouldn't be able to do that with the effort that they put into how they do it. And, yeah. you know, that that's, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, that's the fact. So moving on, so uh, now you're a senior. Mm-hmm. And playing for Royce Mayo. Playing for Royce Mayo. Your senior year, Coach Hillard Howard decided that, you know, he wanted to give it up, and he gives it up to Royce Mayo. Um can you tell us anything about your senior year? Yeah, I know it. I mean, I don't. I don't know you, much about you your know senior my year. my senior year. We had some ups and downs. I mean, it, we had a young line, okay. And when you ran the off that, I, I, in my opinion, that was the transition from Coach Howard's triple option to like Mike Jackson. These other guys are on fifty times a game. Yeah, you know, John Chapman. Yeah, John Chapman. Those yeah. guys. That really, ha- I think it had to happen because, you know, Coach Mayo came from Belfry and Prestonsburg, really a Haywood student the, of the game. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we but we started spreading the field out, and it helped us. You know, we won some games doing that. But, um, you know, and, and I could throw it, and we had people to catch it. But, you know, the thing was we weren't bought into it. We would always resort to that power running game. Yeah. You know, and when you when you depend on something, people can key on that. And uh, it was a great year. You don't, don't get me wrong. Well, we had, because we that's had what Goon. you guys knew. Yeah, Goon, Jeremy Anderson on the line. Now he was a star. Yeah. You know, six foot five. You know, just couldn't move anybody. You know, and you know, me and Brent were there. You know, at that point, Eddie wasn't. But um, you know, it was tough. We had to carry a lot of weight. And uh, but one of the one of my actually one of my high points in high school football was we played Lynn Camp that year in the playoffs um, to get to the semifinals to play Beachwood and we were down 21 to nothing at halftime and probably staged the best comeback I've seen in a long time um, you know we ended up winning that game far and away down 21 at halftime and uh, it was a group effort I mean we, we threw it we ran it you know, it just, I think that was one of those games we didn't wake up. We thought we had it won, in my opinion. Some of my teammates just, eh, nah, we're going to win this because we always do. And, uh, but we woke up and won that game. It was an amazing comeback. We never even finished the game. They called it with two minutes left because a brawl broke out. Oh, and, wow. Uh, luckily, we had Keno Trivet, who was a KHSAA board member. And, you know, he, he they stopped the game because it was, I mean, we were up a couple touchdowns, and there was no point. And it was just, every play was a fight. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was going to get somebody hurt, and I think that was the right call. But it was an amazing game. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward your senior year now. Um, I, you know, guess if you feel comfortable talking about this, but you wind up signing with Marshall. Everybody knows that. But what other schools were interested in you? Well, actually. I've always wanted to know that myself. Actually, it's not that I signed with Marshall. Um, I did not sign with Marshall coming out of high school. I was recruited by Marshall, and I really loved their quarterback coach. Uh, a super good guy. I was quarterback there, Peterson. Just a great guy. I, I felt like, and I had a guy there who at the time nobody knew, you know, Chad Pennington, who uh, was having success, and he was two years older, mm-hmm. you know. But – I, you know, the problem was UK was recruiting me at the same time. And at the time, um, Hal Mummy wasn't there yet. It was Bill Curry. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Curry was under a lot of heat because they had just signed Tim Couch. And they fired. So I had committed to UK verbally. And when they fired Bill Curry, 
when How Mummy came in, he did not honor, which I get it. They had a whole recruiting class at Valdosta State, and they didn't take in-state players. So I was kind of left out in the cold. And though I wanted to play football, I had nowhere to go because I had committed my early in my senior year to UK. But they're not taking in-state players, and I hadn't signed yet. Yeah. And it was late. And, uh, you know, they just the offer never came. So, I believe it or not, I played a semester. Believe it or not, Coach Roy Cutright at UPOC came and said, hey, why don't you play basketball for me? And, you know, I had always been a basketball player, and it came easy to me. Um, they had uh, Josh McKenzie from Paintsville, some guys I really like, Mike Short, uh, a lot of guys on that team I really liked. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. And so I signed with them. You know, the, the point is, you want a college education that's paid for. And so I went there for a semester, and, and I played and ended up starting. And I had a blast. You know, it was great. We, you know, we didn't win a lot of games starting out because we started like four freshmen. But it's that's right after Jody Thompson and some of the, you know, uh, Rodney Fuller, yeah. these guys left, you know, that had been there forever. Shop but, at days. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was a great experience. I have no um, regrets about that. But then, you know, at Christmas, I was really starting to miss football. And, and believe it or not, I was in Hawaii um, playing in a basketball tournament. Hey, you, Pike. You know, we were playing a basketball tournament, and I ran into some guys I knew that played for Michigan State, and they were playing in the Hula Bowl. And these guys, I've been on recruiting visits, like Tennessee and some of these yeah. other guys, just like acquaintances, right? And God, it just made me miss it so bad. And I got back, and out of nowhere, I get a call from Marshall. And um, they had had a quarterback they signed that – yeah, it didn't work out. You know, a guy got in trouble, he left, you know, and they had a spot. So, you know, it was almost perfect timing because I really, you know, that's one of the things. I, my heart was in football. And uh, so I jumped on it and I left with really no scholarship opportunity at the time. You know, they were like, we can take you for a semester as a walk-on and then we'll talk about scholarship, which that's the business of the game. And, you know, but if you really love something, you're willing to take that risk. And that's that's how I ended up there. Okay. And I like the situation. You know, I had a two-year – I had a quarterback that was going to be there for another year, maybe two. And, uh, you know, no one else behind him that was really great. Right. Uh, that could just dominate you and you had no chance. Sh- sharing a meeting room with uh, Byron Lefwich and Chad Penning. Well, Byron Lefwich – well, that's the, the second sad part of the story. Oh, is, sorry. Uh, I get there and play a year. And uh, Byron Leftwich is signed a year behind me. So I was in between two Heisman Trophy finalists. Oh, Dear Lord. So that, <laughs> that was tough, but, you know, I learned a lot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bro, you were on the team when Marshall yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, Marshall. We had a great, you know, that was, a, that was the funnest. That was a great team to be a part of. You know, it, it, just, it was an awesome place to be at the time. And, you know, Huntington was a different place then. And uh, they still, I still go down and say they have the best fan base you're ever going to see for a mid-major college. It is insane. Their football program is amazing. Yeah. You know, even to this day, it carries over. Those '90s Marshalls teams were yeah. awesome, unbelievable. Well, yes. we would beat South Carolina, Clemson. Yeah. You know, Clemson's uh, opening game with their new head coach, we beat them at Clemson. Yeah. Beat Lou Holtz at South Carolina. You know, beat a I lot of that. good people. Gave Ohio State everything they wanted. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams. I, I'll tell you, it, it wasn't a an easy thing to, to, you know, say, hey, let's play Marshall next year. You know, yeah. it, it's, you know, you'd have to think twice about that. I got – all right, so everybody that knows about you, I always probably ask you this question. I've asked you this question. Bub's asked you this question. What was it like throwing to Randy Moss? <laughs> Actually, the first pass I ever threw in college football was to Randy Moss. And I underthrew about 10 yards. And he picked the ball up. And most wide receivers that are good will throw it to you. He made it a point to walk all the way back to me. And he goes, you have no business in Division One football. So as a freshman, I want you to know that destroyed my soul. <laughs> okay? Well, that would. But... At the time, he wasn't Randy Moss. You know, it just it was a dude, you know, a real fast guy that ran like a four two seven forty, 
when I'm used to throwing to like Baroni out here. You know, it, there's, that's just how it works. You know, and uh, yeah, it took me a minute to uh, <laughs> adjust to out. the speed of the game at that level. Were you nervous at all throwing that ball to him? The one gift that God gave me is I never got nervous in sports. You know, one of my teammates was like that. He would fumble snaps. And he was like, I just get nervous. And it's like, what's the worst thing? It's a game. You know, it's a game. If you mess up, hey. And I tell my kids this all the time. What's the only thing that matters? The next play. Yeah. And if you focus on your past or adversity and things of that nature, we've all been there. You're not focusing on what matters. The next play is the only thing that matters. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so... We got Pike, we got your high school days, we got Marshall out of the way. Now, tell us what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, now, you know, now I'm thrilled. Uh, I've had uh, an amazing professional situation happen, really. I'm very fortunate. I've uh, I got into the pharmaceutical business uh, in sales. And, uh, you know, I, I moved away from Pikeville and lived in Ashland. And I was like, I'm happy in Ashland, right? Who did I end up meeting? My wife, who's from Pikeville. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the, the life is stranger than fiction, and uh, so I ended up back here. And uh, you know, it's, you guys dragged me back into coaching <laughs> little league, and uh, you know, I've just I've never been more happy, and uh, I love that my kids are playing here at Pikeville, and and that I get to be part of the community and. Uh, you know, it's something that I want to make sure that it keeps growing. And I, I want my kids to have, and, and kids way younger, I want the next two generations of Pikeville to have the same opportunities I had here. Because the things that really were, you know, everybody goes through adversity in anyone's life. And uh, the things that were instilled in me here are the things that don't go away. And that really can carry you through really bad things. You know, the things that Hillard Howard instilled in me. Yeah. Got me through a lot of things. And you, know, you don't even think about it that way, but it, it does. You know, it does. Um, you, you spend a lot of your younger life trying to run from it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you're like, man, why did I put myself through that? Yeah. And, you know, and all this stuff. And then after you get, you age probably about 10 to 15 years, then you're like, my goodness, man, that was the greatest thing in the world that ever happened to me. It was. And, you know, I think everybody kind of hits that point. Yeah. I hear a lot of people all the time tell me, you know, you need to grow up. You need to get out of high school sports and and live in the real world. I tell them all the time, without Pikeville football, I don't know where I'd be because that was the funnest, most, like, educational part of my life yeah it taught me that when i'm at work if you're tired you got to keep working because they need you to and you know and all that stuff and and you don't be disrespectful to your elders and stuff like that it taught me a lot of stuff well teach you discipline yeah that's the thing and and that's another thing i love about this place is you know people gets a lot of uh i don't know flack flack uh the snobby blah 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 but, you know, the best thing, the, the thing that I love is we take, you know, I watch Coach Howard and, and, and Coach, our, our programs, really. And you know what? It doesn't matter what station in life you come from. It doesn't matter who you are, what color your skin is. You know what? It, they treat ch- children the same. And, and everyone gets the same opportunity, and I love that about this place. Well, the, I think that, but I think that's part of the reason Pikeville being – Hated by the entire yeah. place, around, you know, the surrounding area. I think that that's what part of what makes this place great because it forces us to kind of rally around one another yeah. because that's all we got. It you is. know what I'm saying? You feel like you're behind enemy lines all the time. Yeah, we're all so and, close and, to know, each other. Man. Even you know, in football, it's one thing, and I can tell you this from my experience in basketball, guys. Every game was the other team's biggest game, and yeah. it you know, in a way, that's bad, but in a way. It makes you way better. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're getting you to everyone's be at the top of your game yeah. every time you go onto the field, the court, whatever. Yeah. You know, what even in academics, you yeah. know, people want to beat you. It yeah. is, and you know, I watched a kid in my own house. You know, my stepson Colin was valedictorian here, and you know, people that talk about Pikeville's athletics being competitive have never seen the the uh, academic side of this, guys. I'm telling you, it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about tenths of a point. 
that, you know, it's it's amazing. And it's, you know, it's, it's awesome, though. I, this is the best city in the country, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't live anywhere else. Absolutely. And with that, Doug, we thank you so much for being on our podcast, man. Yeah. This was awesome. We learned a lot about you and, uh, you know, what you've uh, done in your high school career down here. And, and you know, I, I, I always look up to you guys when whenever I was playing because I wanted to be like you guys. I wanted to, uh, you know, my teams to be like you guys were, you know, watching film and everything, throwing a 50-yard Doug Powers bomb. <laughs> You know, throwing a, a, I mean, Heath Robinson taking up three different blockers at the goal line against Beachwood so a linebacker could go and rip his head off. Stuff like that. I always look up to you guys for that. And uh, I love the fact that now we can all sit here, say we've coached together, some of the funnest moments of my life. And uh, I really, I have no words. Thank you very much for that. I just want to go on record to say I hate both of you guys. And. You have uh, drove me absolutely nuts <laughs> for the past, uh, you know, twenty some years, and I'm, uh, I'm just, I, I'm, I don't want anything to do with y'all. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm wasting a Saturday night with Ethan Jr. Yeah. on my back porch. Yeah. I love you guys, what man. You y'all know about? I love you, man. Y'all know I love you, you Doug. Your family, you know that. Yeah. But anyway, we'll end this interview now, and uh, we're gonna go eat some steaks that Doug's nice enough to prepare for. And us. And at the end of the day, hail Pikeville. Yeah.